Good morning, everyone. I hope everyone enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend, had an opportunity to spend time with family and friends, and really just also had time to relax. So I hope that was all in tune or in store for you guys. So this mini-sode is going to serve as a catalyst for another episode I have been focusing on, which is the Uvalde, Texas school shooting, uh, that tragedy that happened a week ago from today. So this episode is mainly to provide some context into exactly what happened if you weren't sure, and that involves in providing a timeline of those events, as well as giving just a little background into the shooter himself, and just kind of like lay out the landscape, because the episode that I uh, recorded was with a professor from Tulane specializing in homeland security and has a long career in security intelligence as well as law enforcement or and working with law enforcement. So this episode is not going to be on that. This is just going to be focusing on the Uvalde shooting and the timeline of that to serve as a catalyst into the next episode, which will be out this Friday morning. This information is provided by Axios and the Texas Tribune, who obtained it from Texas's Department of Public Safety. So this is just going to be a timeline of the events, dating back to 2021, that is. So in September of 2021, the shooter of the Uvalde, Texas school shooting, asks his sister for help in purchasing a firearm. She refuses. Now, going up to six months later, about March 1st, 2022, in an Instagram post, or Instagram group chat, I should say, the shooter discusses the desire to purchase a firearm. March 3rd, an individual in that group chat says, quote, word on the, word on the street, you're buying a gun, unquote. The shooter replies, quote, just bought something, RN right now, unquote. March 14th, 2022, the shooter creates an Instagram post with the caption, quote, 10 more days, unquote. A user comments, quote, are you going to shoot up a school or something, unquote, to which the shooter replies, quote, no, and stop asking dumb questions and you'll see, unquote. May 16th, 2022, the shooter turns 18, and on May 17th and May 20th, the shooter buys two AR platform rifles from a federal firearm licensee. The shooter also buys on those two days. The rounds I've seen have been conflicting numbers. The Texas Tribune said 375 rounds of 5.56 caliber ammunition. I saw somewhere else that was like thousands of rounds or 1,500 rounds. I'm not sure, and... Just putting that out there. Now, May 24th, the day of the shooting, this is. The shooter sends a Facebook message privately to a woman in Germany he met virtually. He says he plans to shoot his grandmother in the face, which he does, and she calls the police. 11.28 of that same day, May 24th, 11.28 a.m., that is, just clarifying. The shooter crashes his car in a ditch nearby the school and begins firing at two witnesses who who were approaching the crash from a nearby funeral home. The witnesses flee and proceed to call 911. 11.30 a.m. A teacher calls 911, reporting the shooter. As that is happening, the shooter hops a fence and begins approaching the school while firing rounds at it as well. 11.33 a.m. The shooter proceeds into the school building through a back door that was prop- prompted open by a teacher. The shooter enters and fires off 100 rounds at class classrooms 111 and 112. They are both connected to each other. 11.35 a.m., three Uvalde police officers enter the school using the same door the shooter did. 
As they enter, they receive grazing gunshot wounds. They retreat from the school. Later, four more officers enter the school. 11.43 a.m., Rob Elementary, the school, announces that through a Facebook post or Facebook page that they are in lockdown status due to gunshots being heard in the area. 11.44 a.m., officers with the city of Uvalde and the local school district enter the school. They are met with gunfire, move back, and get cover. 11.51 a.m., more police arrive to the scene. 11.54 a.m., onlookers start filming the current scene. One video depicts parents begging the police to go back inside. 12.03 p.m., a student calls 911 from inside room 112, whispering. During that time, there is up to 19 police officers inside the school. 12.10 p.m., the student calls back, stating there are multiple people dead. 12.15 p.m., Border Patrol authorities arrive on the scene. 12.16 p.m., a student calls again, saying there are eight or nine people alive. 12.17 p.m., on Rob Elementary's Facebook page, they announced there is an active shooter on campus. Now, at one point during the mass shooting, parents attempt to break inside the school themselves, as well as plea with officers to charge into the school building. A classroom, I probably should say. 12.21 p.m., the shooter fires again, who was believed to be firing from the classroom's door. A half hour goes by with, different, with a different student calling 911, where shots can be heard throughout the call. Now, during this half hour, the same student from room 111, I believe it was, or 112, excuse me, calls another time. So the one student calls three times, and another student from 111, I believe, calls as well. So there's more than one student calling 911 is the point during this time, asking for help, telling at one point uh, police, other police to come in. Now, at 12.50 p.m., a Border Patrol agent kills the gunman. 12.51 p.m., from the 911 call, or one of the 911 calls, it sounds like the students are being taken out of the classroom by authorities. Now, that's a timeline I have. That is not an end-all, be-all. There is still information coming out. I saw a few different things this morning that didn't contradict this timeline, but almost that added on to it. There's so much information out there that's hard, or at least pretty difficult to get it all encompassing and to make sure it's all accurate. So if you see something else that contradicts this timeline, I don't think you will. It's pretty standard. But if you do, don't assume it's wrong and don't assume like I'm wrong. Either way, there's point being is information's steadily coming out. Now, what we know about the shooter, I don't really want to go into this person too much, but I will provide some background into who he was. He recently turned 18, as I mentioned he was not close with either of his parents. He recently went to live with his grandmother. He was bullied for having a speech impediment and other behaviors he exhibited. This was pretty consistent throughout his life. Former friends say he was a uh, guy aggressive. They were pushed away or one moved away in uh, their case. Another friend said the shooter admitted to cutting his face to him one time, and he was known or he had drove around shooting people with a BB gun in the past. There's also much more, but like I said, I really don't want to go into this person that much uh, at the moment, at least. So the episode that's being released Friday, once again, is with a professor from Tulane University. He is a professor of Homeland Security. He has an extensive background in security and intelligence and law enforcement. And we discuss the response from the Department of Public Safety, Texas's, that is, and the police overall.
Now that is what we go into number one. But then we talk about more about, say, the shooter and other mass public school shootings. And I reference a database that is constructed by James Densley and Jillian Pearson, two criminologists. They uh, constructed a database of mass public shootings dating back in 1966, which is what I reference. However, I mistakenly did not say that they they find 13 shootings that match their definition, which I'll get into one second. But I did not say that these 13 shootings are all ones that just take place at schools. So... The definition they use is, quote, incidents in which four or more victims are murdered with at least one of those homicides taking place in a public location and with no connection to underlying criminal activity, such as gangs or drugs, unquote. There have been 13 such instances that meet their definitions that take place at a school. I, in the episode that won't be released till Friday, failed to mention that these 13 places, these 13 instances take place at a school. So it's mutually exclusive to schools in that regard. It was a little confusing when I read it, and but it's not an excuse. It's just a mess up on my end. So that's the main, uh, say, definition that we use, and we kind of go over a few of those instances in the episode. But like I uh, mentioned previously, I won this episode to serve as a catalyst to Friday's episode, which is obviously something of great sensitivity, and we keep it that way, and we're not... One, ne- uh, ne- me, neither the professor wants to lash out at each other. Like, there's a little disagreement, but I think to really see progress in this issue that needs attention immediately, it's going to take time, but it's also going to take conversation and steps. So, that is kind of the first of many things I like to do regarding this issue because it's definitely one that seems mutually exclusive to America, and that's a humongous issue. But that is it for the episode. I hope this provides some clarity if you were wondering some of the events or the timeline or you had any other questions. Also, if you hear something in the episode, say this one or the other one that you're confused about or maybe annoyed you, maybe I misspoke. Not saying I did or didn't, but you're more than welcome to reach out. I'll take it probably pretty well. Just let me know what it is, and then maybe I can clarify it for you, or maybe I stand by what I said. But just want to put that out there as well. Not perfect. But enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. Thank you.